Okay, so today on professional parenting, we're going to be answering the question, is it really never appropriate to use force with your kids? And this I know is maybe the most challenging question of parenting a very young child. By the time your kid is, oh, I don't know, say five years old, they obviously have well-developed thinking and speaking skills, and you can discuss pretty much anything that comes up with them, and it's um, easy if you are patient enough to at least um, have them behaving appropriately, even if they're not always behaving exactly the way that you want them to. And then on the flip side of the equation, of course, when a baby is brand new, newborn, they have no language, no reason at all, and it doesn't matter how much you try to explain appropriate and inappropriate behavior to them, they're just going to behave however they're going to behave. And um, in between being a newborn and being five years old, there are are a lot of stages where young kids have pretty capable little bodies. They can run around, they can grab things, they can climb on things, they can push things over, they can throw things, they can scream, they can pull hair, and they have all of these capabilities without having the reason and language to understand when to use these behaviors, when not to use them, and why. And parents are often faced with the situation where they think their kid should be doing one thing and the kid is doing something else or the parent would like the kid to please, please stop doing something and they just won't stop. And the question is, when, if ever, is it appropriate to use the fact that you are bigger and stronger than your kid to just... Um, make them comply with your wishes. Before I get into the answer to this question, I need to go back to uh, what the purpose of parenting is. And that is a big question that a lot of people have different answers for, but ultimately the purpose of parenting is to produce a high-functioning, well-adjusted, productive, happy adult citizen by the time your child turns 18. And so when it comes to discipline, you need to understand that if you are disciplining through fear and authority, then even if your child is highly compliant with that discipline method, they are going to cease that compliance as soon as the power of the authority, as soon as the threat of violence is gone. So while the use of force can be an expedient solution to a problem in the moment, it can never be a long-term solution to a problem and you want to make sure that it's not going to create worse problems down the line. So at this point, I'm going to talk about when the use of force unequivocally does cause a problem. 
And that is when, in using force, you, as the parent, violate the non-aggression principle. So this is the core of what your child needs to learn in terms of ethical behavior by the time they're an adult, which is not to violate the non-aggression principle. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with that, it basically says that it is never appropriate to initiate force against another human, either to stop them doing what they want to do or to force them to do something that they don't want to do. And, um, of course, that doesn't extend so far as their use of force against you because then they would be initiating force, they would be violating the non-aggression principle. Um, But this is the basis for nearly all of the basic ethical behaviors that are required by people in society, such as not assaulting people, not stealing, not killing, not raping. Um, That is the non-aggression principle. And so you, as the parent, need to be leading your child into the correct kinds of behavior through your own behavior. And you should not ever violate the non-aggression principle with your child. In practical terms, that means that there is a firm line when it comes to using force as punishment. It is never acceptable to hit, spank your child in any way as a punishment for a bad behavior because that is not using force to stop their use of force. It is taking out your anger on them. So that's maybe the easiest part of this question to answer. Um, No, it is never appropriate to be violent with your child. And if you are ever feeling angry, and especially if you are ever feeling wrathful in the moment when it comes time to deal with discipline, that might be a good time to take a break and allow the other parent to take over or just defer the conversation until you're no longer feeling that way because it can be very dangerous for you to go into a discipline situation feeling angry at your kid. But of course, force can be used not to hurt people, but to restrain them. And there are two kinds of restraint that can sometimes be necessary with young kids. The first and most obvious is to stop them hurting themselves, such as if they are reaching for a burner on the stove that's on, or if they're reaching for a knife, or if they're sticking their finger in in an electrical socket, or they're trying to run across the grocery store parking lot, or if they're trying to reach down and grab their poop while you're changing their diaper. It's really important as a parent to understand that you not only have the right, but you also have the obligation to use force to stop your child hurting themselves. And you want to do it as gently as possible. You, you know, pick them up. You hold on to their wrist gently. Whatever it is, you want to use minimal force 
but you need to use enough force to stop them from running out in front of a car, from touching something that will burn them, from eating their poop, whatever it happens to be. And your child may not understand what you're doing and why you're doing it, and they may not agree with the fact that you picked them up so they wouldn't run across the parking lot. They might struggle, they might be sad about it, and it's okay to be sympathetic to them and tell them, I get it, I understand, I know that you really want to go run and play, and I have to hold on to you so you don't get hurt. And if your baby is particularly young, of course they are not going to understand you, but they will understand your tone, and they'll understand that you're trying to take care of them, and that will help them feel a lot better about it. And it also will help them develop the language skills to be able to understand you a lot more quickly than if you don't explain it. And it's also really helpful to you. It's also really helpful to you as the parent to explain to your baby, this is why this is why I'm holding your wrist while I change your diaper because I don't want you to get sick from putting poop in your mouth. Um, so that you are always understanding where the line is and how the principle applies that you are protecting them with your actions. Now the second category of restraining force is to stop your child when he or she is violating the non-aggression principle themselves, which of course um, kids do all the time by accident, completely unmaliciously. They, when they're little and they're wandering around and they're first mobile, they see all kinds of fun things, and if they have an older sibling, for example, and they see them playing with a pretty ball, they might go up and just take it because they don't understand property rights at all. They don't understand that the older sibling owns that ball and that they can't take it without asking. They just see, ooh, fun toy, I want, and then they try to take it. And... So this is actually pretty complicated when something like that happens because your older child is going to very strongly experience it as a use of force against them by the baby and they're going to emotionally react as though the baby did it on purpose. So this is the most delicate kind of situation when it comes to the use of force because in the baby's mind the baby has has not done anything wrong he doesn't understand any kind of ownership he just saw something fun and tried to play with it but the older kid is going to feel very upset about it and they are going to probably respond in a manner to protect their property they're going to want to reach out and take the toy back which then the baby is going to experience as a violation of the non-aggression principle against them. So this is this is really the biggest challenge and it is teaching your older kids to be um, teachers to your younger kids. So you have to explain to your older kid what the little one does and doesn't understand and you need to tell them, you know, the baby likes you the baby likes your toy he just wants to have fun playing with you and here's how we deal with this situation is we're going to first ask the baby to give the toy back and give him the chance to give it back on his own 
And babies actually like to play pass. They like to play passing a toy back and forth between them. And this is a helpful game because it helps them learn to give things back. Um, but sometimes that won't work. And then, then mom or dad does need to very gently take the toy back from the baby and give it to the older kid. And then you need to, again, be sympathetic to the baby. You need to tell them, I understand, I know that was a really fun toy, and we're going to go find you another one. Because you don't want the baby to feel like they're being punished because really they didn't do anything um, wrong within the scope of their own understanding. It is still important that your older kid gets their toy back, though. So this is where... Um, distraction is your best friend and you find another fun toy for the baby to play with. Now sometimes you might have a kid who just screams. You might have a, a situation where anytime the baby takes a toy from the older kid, the older kid just screams and you may have the temptation to just immediately take the toy back from the baby and give it to the older kid to stop the screaming, or likewise, you might have an older kid who's more mellow, but the baby screams when you go to correct the situation and give the toy back, and so then you might be tempted to let the baby keep the toy because it avoids the screaming. And this is where I'm going to circle back around to the idea that the use of force is an expedient. And there are obviously situations where an expedient is justified, like when you're preventing the imminent harm or death of your child or imminent harm to another child or to somebody's property. But you have to understand that so long as you are using the expedient of force to deal with a particular situation, you are going to have to continually use Force with that situation until you have come up with another solution. So when you're dealing with a toy dispute like the one described, um, try to avoid the scenario where you cater to the screaming by either child and try to talk them through it. And your older kid, of course, is going to be more capable. So you tell them, no, don't scream. And then you also need to substitute in the positive behavior that they can use instead because you don't want to tell them don't do that and then leave them with nothing in their toolbox where they feel like they're completely impotent in the situation and there's nothing at all they can do. So you say, no, don't scream. We're going to use our big boy words and the first thing we're going to try is we're going to say, baby, I was playing with that. Will you please give it back? And so you get your child to try that and then you tell them, if that doesn't work, then you come and you get mommy and you tell me what happened, and then I'll come help you, like I'm doing now. And then you talk to the baby and you say, baby, that's your brother's toy. Will you please give it back? And sometimes the baby will do it for you when they wouldn't do it for the sibling, because hopefully you have a strong, respectful rapport with your child by the time they're, I mean hopefully right away. Um, and then if they still won't give it back, then you explain to them, even though they aren't going to understand, you say, I'm really sorry, baby, but that is your brother's toy, and he's allowed to play with it if that's what he wants to do. So we're going to give it back, 
and then we're going to go find you something else to play with. And your baby is not going to understand, but hopefully they will understand that you're trying to help them. You help them find another toy to play with, and they'll be pretty happy about that, especially if you keep looking until you find one that they're interested in. And luckily, babies are usually interested in most of the toys. Um, Now, your older kid may actually get the hang of it after just a few repetitions, depending on how old they are. If your older kid is only 14 months older than the baby, that's going to be challenging. But if they're, you know, at least two years old, um, then you've got a better shot that they'll pick up the pattern quickly. And the next time it happens... They'll say, no, no, baby, I was playing with that. Will you please give it back? And it gets to be a pattern that the baby will become comfortable with, too. And he'll eventually figure out what his part is supposed to be. And he'll get that someone's explaining, this is a thing I wasn't supposed to play with. And then you just need to be patient because... um, The baby will eventually become mature enough that he will be able to understand what's going on, but it is going to take time, and you can't expect him to get it right away. So um, just accept that there's going to be several repetitions, and make sure you're encouraging to your older kid when they use the right behaviors to help teach the baby. And you can even coach your older kid to help the baby find something else to play with, too. Because um, ultimately, you want your kid to be able to coach your baby on his own without you needing to be there to coach him, especially if you have lots and lots of kids and you can't be sitting there with them every minute of every day because you have dishes and cooking and laundry and sweeping and mopping and everything else that goes with having a lot of kids. Now, of course, you might experience things in reverse where you have an older kid, say a two-year-old, who sees the baby as a wonderful, fun toy and um, just starts playing with him, rolling him around on the floor, sitting on him in ways that are completely unmalicious, completely fun, um, and yet not appropriate because he's going to hurt the baby. So you start by picking him up. You stop him from accidentally hurting the baby before you start talking to him, but then you take him aside and you talk with him about it. You explain to him that the baby's very fragile and that he's going to get hurt, and you show him the nice way to pet the baby and help the baby play with fun toys and make funny faces at him. And hopefully your older child understands and doesn't want to hurt the baby and listens carefully and tries to implement what you are explaining to them. And it may take a couple of repetitions, but hopefully not too many. Now, The problem may come in if your older kid feels resentment toward the baby for getting too much attention from mom and dad, and that can definitely happen too. So occasionally when you have the older kid going after the younger kid, there is actually some malice there where the child is jealous, Um, and again, it's 
completely understandable that they would feel that way, especially if the two are very close in age because the older child may have been pretty much still a baby, maybe 15 months, 16 months, 17 months old when the new baby came along. And there may occasionally be some anger at the baby on the part of the older sibling. And so they may not care occasionally that they're hurting the baby and they may even want to hurt the baby. And so then it becomes really important not to leave the two of them alone to play together. And that can be a major challenge, especially if you're the only adult watching them and you have other things that you need to do. So you may have to do things like get a pack and play for one of them or shut each of them in their own rooms to play by themselves for a little while or something like that until you can sit down with them. And then you just need to keep emphasizing to the older sibling, um, number one, that you love them and they are also your special baby. Number two, you need to emphasize to them that the younger sibling loves them and looks up to them and is looking forward to being their buddy and their playmate. And you also need to keep telling them anytime they hurt the baby, you need to tell them, oh, that hurts him. Look, look, he's hurt. Don't you want him to be your friend and your buddy? He's going to want to play with you so much as long as you're having fun together. He's not going to want to play if he's afraid he's going to get hurt. And if you just keep reinforcing that with the older kid, they will eventually understand and start to value their younger sibling as a friend and want to get along with them. So just to recap all of this briefly, um, you never use violence with your kids, but you do use restraining force to keep your child safe from themselves or to stop your child violating the, the non-aggression principle. Um, and you also need to teach any other people who are going to be around your child, um, meaning your spouse and your other children and any other caretakers, um, the same rules so that the little ones, the other little ones can be good teachers to the baby and not use violence, just like you aren't using violence, but they understand um, when restraining force is needed and they can ask parents for help. If you have any other questions or follow-up questions on this topic, or if you have a specific scenario in mind that you would like me to think about and address, I would be happy to do that, so please let me know, and I will see you next time.